Anyway, David Seymour's been in the news uh, with, well, he's been in the news because he's actually starting to move a little bit ahead on where the polls are going, but he also announced his list today, and David Seymour, the leader of the ACT Party, joins me now. G'day, David. Hey, good afternoon. So, um, well, your list is rolled out. Um, are you optimistic? You were once described, in fact, I think you self-described yourself as uh, you know, knew what a loneliness was all about. Looks like you might be having a few <laughs> friends in Parliament. Well, look, the, the current polls, some say we'll get three, some say we'll get four, some say we'll get five. Uh, so that means that, yeah, we'll be bringing a few MPs into Parliament under the Act banner, and I think that'd be a great thing. Uh, but just remember, a poll's a, a snapshot in time, and uh, they'll go up and down. Our job is to keep getting the message that if you want some accountability and critical thinking, ACT in Parliament, mm. you've got to give your party vote to Act. So... With your list, Nicole, Nicole McKee, the, um, the um, spokesperson on guns, what's, uh, is that a, are you making a blatantly cynical play for the gun vote? Uh, it'd be a blatantly cynical play if Nicole wasn't a good candidate and we were just doing it for the association with uh, the firearms crowd. Uh, but the thing is, not only is Nicole the most articulate and intelligent uh, commentator on what's happened with firearm laws in the past year. I think she's been a voice of reason and calmness in a very difficult debate. Uh, but she's actually an outstanding communicator. She's communicator year 2020, apparently. Mm. Um, and she's also somebody who has you know, very strong views based on her life experience around education uh, and welfare. She's a mother. Uh, of course, she comes with uh, a Maori perspective, uh, and she spent a lot of her life doing firearms training in rural New Zealand. So if you look at rounding out the overall sort of offering or the package of ACT, uh, Nicole brings firearms, yes, but, but she's actually a good candidate aside from that. Yeah. Well, how, many, um, how many people who are dissatisfied with the way the arms legislation was rolled out? I mean, how, how, how much feedback have you had on that? And, and do you think that that is an important platform for ACT? Look, I've had overwhelming uh, feedback because at a time when a group of people who'd done nothing wrong uh, got scapegoated and punished for what were ultimately failings of the government, just remember we still haven't had the Royal Commission report on how this guy got a licence in the first place. Mm. Uh, so let's wait for that before we legislate. A group of people um, who were, were scapegoated for the most heinous crime in New Zealand's peacetime history. And I think it's absolutely disgraceful the way they've been treated. I think they deserve justice. And it's worth reminding people that only one party in the white-hot atmosphere following tragedy actually stood on principle, mm. stuck to our guns, if you'd like to use that <laughs> expression. Yeah. Um, and we did it fundamentally because we believe in democracy and the rule of law and not beating up on one small group of people. So... Back in, I would argue that maybe three years ago, people would would have seen an act vote as possibly having been uh, wasted because, but they would vote for David Seymour and the Epson Electric because they valued your contribution. But now, with the numbers you have got, with this looking at three percent, and it hasn't sort of, it has been consistent that you seem to be moving in the right direction. Is is this a sort of momentum changer for you? Because now a vote for the party is actually going to count with extra seats. Yeah, and look, I think people do look to others to see that they're moving in a bit of a group. 
So the fact that more people are saying they're going to vote for ACT uh, means that there's, in turn, more people saying, well, maybe I should look at them. And once you give people permission to look at ACT, people say, geez, these guys are principled, and the principles they stand for, individual freedom, personal responsibility, are actually pretty classical New Zealand values. Uh, and so, you know, you, you, you get that process going. Uh, we'll release a few more policies in two weeks' time at our Dare to be Different uh, yeah. launch. Uh, and suddenly, you know, that equates to momentum. But, you know, we've got to keep working hard. What do you think the issues are that are going to shift votes towards you? Simply want hope and certainty coming out of this crisis, particularly in regard to the economy. I don't think the government has given the quality of leadership or certainty required. So, yes, if you're an island nation, uh, you're lucky. If you are a nation of people who are generally very public-spirited, and if the Prime Minister gets up and says, everyone stay home for four weeks, Mm. I'll just do it, uh, that's the easy bit. The hard part is how do we intelligently open up our borders so that money and people can come through but COVID-19 can't? Uh, I think at the moment we, uh, if anything, have just gone backwards slightly on that count. Mm. Uh, But those issues matter for a whole section of the economy and for a whole generation of young New Zealanders who want to know where's the opportunity at and who has to repay the $140 the government just borrowed. Did you feel real, feel any sense of reassurance following the announcement of the, the findings of the report by Megan Woods? Um, no, because what she's doing is playing uh, catch-up. And, you know, just remember that sometimes your expectations get anchored at a certain level, and just because they say it's not as bad as you thought, you should be happy. Well, actually, that's the logical trick. Uh, I think we should be setting our expectations high and we shouldn't be happy until we get there. And what I'm talking about is the world's smartest borders uh, using much better testing and technology, Taiwan style, so that people can come in. Uh, We should have protocols in place where, for instance, um, you know, an RSE employer in the horticultural sector bringing in people from a COVID-free nation in the South Pacific uh, should be bringing people in right now mm. so that they can get their businesses going. That's not happening. We're in this defence mode where Megan Woods has to assure us the government hasn't screwed it up completely. So I'm interested in how we actually innovate and mm. get more people in safely, not well, how we well, try and excuse what's gone on so far. Yeah, because we seem to have shifted to this well, a fearful sort of fortress mentality. How do we shift our mentality without getting complacent to the extent that we, we end up with the same problem again? Frankly, it's a matter of leadership. Just remember the Prime Minister told us if we didn't all go home, tens of thousands of New Zealanders might die. Mm. Um, Now, if you look at what's happened in America, uh, which is a cluster and just just about, you know, the textbook example of how not to do it, and then you divide population, uh, it looks like even if we'd really screwed up, um, you know, it would have been... 10 times less bad than the Prime Minister said. Mm. And you have to ask yourself, uh, did she actually have the facts or was she embracing a fear campaign? I think it may well, history may judge it was the latter. Uh, We need to be confident and resilient in a post-COVID world, not battening down the hatches, 
borrowing by the billion mm. and hoping for a vaccine because that, frankly, is an embarrassing mentality. And you just have to look at the Australians. They've always been brasher than us, mm. uh, and they're taking this thing on with a lot more resilience now to our cost. How much Do you actually target particular pockets of voters? Like New Zealand First is obviously not looking too flash at the moment. Um, are you going to be targeting some of their maybe disenfranchised voters? Look, I, I'm always into taking people as you find them. You know, the old seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, and what I find is that uh, there's a surprising range of people considering it. So, yes, uh, New Zealand First voters uh, threw their lot in with with that party three years ago. They thought they had someone who would have their backs um, when it came to their basic rights, or at least that if there was going to be firearm law change, they'd get a fair hearing. Yeah. Uh, and New Zealand First were nowhere. So, yep, there's people like that. Yeah. Let me give you another example. Uh, every now and then I get a green voter, uh, or, a, or an ex-green voter, <laughs> yeah, who says, look, I believe in freedom of speech. And the Green Party is now out there saying we should have all these laws that amount to state censorship. I never thought I'd vote ACT. And I said, that's fine. I never thought you'd vote for me. But <laughs> no, no one's perfect. Um, and uh, it's interesting, two of the five candidates we announced today have admitted to voting for the Green Party in the past. Well, no one's perfect, but we're very forgiving. <laughs> uh, any sort of condolence? What, where do you think Winston's going to end up? Any, any word of advice from Because I think you might be out polling them right now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, look, there's been a couple of polls that have shown mm. act with more people intending to vote for us. But, you know, like I say, snapshot in time. Yeah, OK, under the, under the serious st- stuff, obviously, yeah. you know, you, you have to obviously campaign on the values that are important to act and maximise your vote. But, of course, if you really want to have a say in government, you're going to be doing that in coalition with uh, a national party. What chance, given the latest poll, where do you see things going in terms of the ability for a change of government to happen? Oh, I think it's incredibly easy. Um, And I thought Audrey Young, who, of course, is the political editor for NZME, um, said, look, here's what you need. Uh, You need the Greens to go down 1% and they're out. Uh, You need New Zealand First and ACT to go up 1%. That means that ACT will get five, maybe six seats and um, New Zealand First will still be out because they won't make 5%. Uh, Then you need 5% of voters in the middle to switch from Labour to National. And at that point, uh, you've got a National ACT government ahead of Labour. So to go back through that, the Greens have to lose a point, yeah. uh, and Labor have to lose five to to the Nats, um, and ACT has to pick one up. If, if, if that happens, uh, that that would be an ACT national government. So very believable. Bearing in mind, hmm. uh, you know, we just had a nine percent swing uh, in in three weeks from from Labor to National. Yeah. So could another five percent swing in the next twelve weeks? I think they could. Uh, any prospect of being joined in Parliament by the other David Seymour? <laughs> Where's he on the list? Well, my good mate, he's uh, he's number nineteen on the X Party list, Ooh. and I have to say, you know, one of the things that you learn uh, when you are an X Party leader is optimism. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it would be a pretty big swing for X to go from one MP <laughs> I to nineteen. I, I I think I think on a good day we might get to nine. I think nineteen is probably a stretch. <laughs> okay. But, you know, maybe if people would like to see a party with two David Seymours in Parliament, they should vote for us for that reason, and we might get there. Okay, good on you, David. Well, good luck. Thanks very much for your time.
I appreciate you. Bye for now.